My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. First podcast of 2024. My name is David, and I'm joined by. My name is Zach. And my name is James. And yeah, here we go. 2024. This is it. We are starting the year. We made it. We made it to 2024. We're still alive. Anyone, anyone hear any like interesting stories in the past week? I don't know. Oh no, nothing interesting in the world. Can't imagine one. Like, maybe like, like an eight-year-old video or <laughs> a comment yeah, by a, a, a future eight- female director. Yeah, something about an eight-year-old video has, has just been going rampant on the internet. Uh, they wouldn't take that out of context, though, would they? No, 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 right. no one, no one would watch no, that video. No, now, no, now. no one would watch that video and then be like, "I bet you anything, she is talking directly about Star Wars." Like, no, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, people wouldn't do that because that's not, you know, that's not what the video was about. Anyways, before we get started, let's, uh, David, you got some names of people to thank for us. So here we go. Yes, for sure. We want to thank our awesome top tier Patreon supporters. Hayden Hauser, Darth Ace One, Liam McCallion, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel, Fenrir526, Maya Morris, and Makatao Tyler. Thank you so much for being the awesome people that you are. Everyone also on Spotify, too. We got a lot of people listening on Spotify now. And if you are on Spotify, you can actually rate us uh, five stars, I believe. So if you could do that, that would help out the podcast tremendously. Also on Apple Podcasts. We have a lot of people listening there. Thank you for all your reviews, all your your ratings. So thank you so much for continuing on the podcast, so to speak. So, yeah, the big story is... Here we go. go. Mario Lopez. No, it's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this Facebook user says Mario Lopez. That's... that's, Is that... No, that's Raymond. Okay, Raymond from... uh... Yeah, Raymond uh, said that, and Colin's over here asking us to talk about um, Max Rebo. So, yeah. just so you know. So and yeah, the big story is, of course, this woman. She is going to direct the Ray movie, if you want to yes. call it that. We don't know exactly what it's about, although she's said a couple of things uh late. she said something to cnn actually there's a forbes article i'm going to read a little bit and um in case you haven't been monitoring all the socials uh, i'll read and this comes directly from forbes uh, and the the headline is upcoming star wars film attacked as woke by right-wing critics over director's feminist comments so this article is from this year it's from january 3rd so it's really recent so Oscar-winning filmmaker Charmaine Obechnoy is attacked is attached to direct an upcoming Star Wars film, making her the first woman to helm a film in the iconic franchise. But right-wing critics are blasting the movie as woke after Obechnoy said it's about time a woman directed a Star Wars installment. So she's won two Oscars. Uh, she she created two short films about 
Pakistan. Not about Star Wars. She had nothing to do with Star Wars when she first started winning these big awards. So the key facts here on the page are Obey Chinoy told CNN in a televised interview this week, it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away, adding she's thrilled about the upcoming project. And that's it. So I posted about that in our Facebook group. And the thing that got me was shaping was a woman coming forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. And she also said that um, she also had a quote uh, talking about how um, she was thrilled uh, to to create something that really made it seem like and led me to believe that she's creating. It, it's almost like I don't want to say a reboot of Star Wars, but it's Daisy Ridley kind of anchoring the Jedi. And it's going to be, we we know it's going to be 15 years later after the events of the rise of Skywalker. So we have no idea what we're going to see possibly. I mean, for all we know, Ray could have had a child in between that time. And there's that element. And of course we all heard the people complaining about, okay, well, she didn't have any training. I mean, there's going to be a vast, gulf of time that that just passes where she's gonna be able to learn what's in all those old jedi texts and be able to build a jedi order we might have so many like jedi just like running around and i mean it it could be maybe the story that i always envisioned where and i i think everyone out there that has played the video games the old republic video games where you get to see all the Jedi. Even though we're going to get the Acolyte, we know that we're going to get tons of Jedi on screen. Kind of a throwback to Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. in 2002. But we just don't know exactly what we're going to get. She's tapped to direct. And of course, she's award-winning. She won two Academy Awards. But the big story is the fact that a video surfaced and kind of went viral and caught fire and it's a video from 2015 at something called the women in the world summit and i think it was meryl streep along with uh the director of a wrinkle in time ava duvenay right it was the three of them and then it was john stewart hosting and it was in reference more so i think john stewart's question was pointed to obeyed Chinoy in regards to her documentaries that she did about Pakistan and Middle Eastern men, essentially. Not about Star Wars. So, yeah, she she made the comment um, about how she wanted to make men feel uncomfortable. So, when I heard this, and I didn't have any context for it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, that's not the best thing to say about Star Wars, but it had nothing to do with Star Wars. It has nothing. Absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars. And I kind of molded over and I was like, man, it's I kind of get what she was trying to convey. If it was about Star Wars at the time, I thought it was about Star Wars and had some type of context about Star Wars, which it didn't have any. And I was like, that's not the best thing to say. <laughs> but like I said, nothing to do with Star Wars. She was talking about her documentaries. I think we're we're all good on that front. I think it's just 
that certain fan base out there for Star Wars that look for any like little thing to try and like drag it down and be negative. And I think that's that's all it really was. Hmm. So if you didn't know, that clip was taken from an eight-year-old video. I keep on saying it because I just want to kind of reinforce the fact that she, when she was speaking to Jon Stewart, it wasn't about Star Wars. Um, and I want to give you a synopsis because uh, she released two films during... Um, uh, yes, and Hayden, uh, Hayden is listening on YouTube. Thank you for commenting. Is this the director of the Ray movie? Yes, this is her. That She's the one who directed who's going to be directing the Ray film. She made a film. She made two documentaries in 2015. And one of them was called a girl in the river, the price of forgiveness. And this is the synopsis of this, of this documentary. Um, the extraordinary story of a young Pakistani woman, woman who lived to tell of her narrow escape from an attempted honor, quote unquote, honor killing by her father and uncle told through the lens of a true story. The film tells the story of Saba, who was shot and left for dead after marrying a man once promised to her. The result is a scathing examination of the contradictions between modernism and tradition within the Pakistani society. That is a hell of a story. That is crazy. It's it's based on a true story. She did it. <laughs> and so in a way, she's trying to make men uncomfortable with this story because it's like this is the tradition that y'all are still keeping in our country like this is the still the the this is these are the rules that you abide by here yeah. and it's like we need to reshape we need to change all of how we have been living our lives all these years and so for me i'm like that makes total sense and then the rest of the quote she says to john stewart where she's like when you're at when you're the most uncomfortable another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is when you can finally look at yourself and start to reshape your thought process and your thinking and that makes total sense to me that makes complete sense of what she was talking about at that particular time this is about a true story she was a documentary filmmaker about this wasn't a um a, a story she was writing you know what i mean like this this all happened again like david said this was eight years ago has nothing to do with star wars she wasn't even in hollywood at the time she was mostly making these these short films and these documentaries and it wasn't until just a couple of years ago she finally got a project with disney which was two episodes of miss marvel and then from there that's when she got the job to direct uh star wars so i i i am just amazed that nobody really researched the context of what she said like everyone is just blasting this clip all over the internet and nobody is really looking into what 
she was talking about and the fact like david kept saying like we kept saying it was not even about star wars like she you know the force awakens hadn't even come out you know when this when this yeah. thing was announced so there's no way she was even going to you know what i mean like there's no way she knew she was going to be directing star wars at all so <laughs> yeah it's it's just shocking that this story just exploded and there's already pages out there saying boycott star wars it's over George Lucas never would have said anything like this and just so many crazy comments out there now about this. And I'm, I'm actually kind of nervous that this is just going to keep going and people are not going to go and watch this movie in a couple of years. And that's that I'm a little disappointed in the, uh, in the internet right now <laughs> for, for all of this. So do you think that like star Wars marketing should get in front of this at all? Or should they just not even address this? Because that's tricky, man. Yeah, it depends on how the situation goes from here. Because if it if it just gets worse and worse and worse, and people are I don't know, God forbid, taking to the streets and rioting against Star Wars, like maybe that's one thing. But that's also an extreme and probably something that won't happen. But it's still super early stages, and this isn't the first time they wanted to pick a female director to make a Star Wars project, right? I believe Patty Jenkins was supposed to do. Rogue Squadron first, yeah, and, then, and uh, I don't Ava, think anyone had any problems with that, right? No, I mean, yeah. well, then again, it was before 1984 came out. Wonder Woman 84 came out. All right, but, fair enough. But before all that, we were all pretty excited. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Ava uh, Duvernay, the one who directed, um, I'm probably saying her name wrong, and I suck. And I, I think you're saying it right. Okay, she was actually supposed to direct a Star Wars film. I forget which one it was. She was asked, and she turned it down. Um, I forget the reasoning why. And she even turned down a mark. She even turned down directing um, uh, Black Panther, I believe, as well. So, so yeah. So she, so there was also supposed to be another a woman, you know, director. Which I hate saying. I just, I just want to say director who just happens to be a woman. She was going to be directing um, that Star Wars film. So yeah, (sighs) it's just so it's 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 weird. And then back to your question, David it's that's tricky i'm wondering if lucasfilm pr is doing anything to get in front of this or if they're just gonna say we'll just see what happens like if you were lucasfilm david would you be saying something right now uh maybe like a hybrid uh i wouldn't maybe make like a like a statement to the media but i would probably um like a direct statement, maybe at like some like feature event, um, just kind of gloss over it a little bit. Maybe if it was even remotely referenced, uh, which yeah. I think it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna come up in some red carpet or something. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, those journalists that are there asking the questions are, are gonna know that it's not related to Star Wars. So yeah. this is. I don't know. This might be like kind of on the fringe, but it just popped up so many times um, on social yeah. media where we saw it, we just couldn't get away from it. And without knowing the context that this video was eight years old and, and those specific comments that are eight years old and so, about something totally different um, about documentaries. And of course, George Lucas was trying to be a documentarian and, I know he's he famous for saying that he 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 <laughs> loved 
documentaries and, and making those documentaries. Of course, we all know that the World War II documentary footage was used as the first animatic for film ever. So I still think George Lucas would have been a great docu- documentary documentary documentarian mm-hmm. if he didn't direct Star Wars. <laughs> I think once he directed <laughs> Star Wars, his whole career was like, oh, I guess this is what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like he's like, all right, I guess I have to start yeah. making these movies and make the whole <laughs> studio. <laughs> That's my that's my one of my my favorite thoughts of George Lucas is he was like, oh, OK, I guess I'll do this. Um, Hayden from YouTube commented uh, recently saw a short clip about this director and she said that she's proud to bring women to the front of Star Wars. I'm unsure of when the video well, when the video filmed, but I feel that women have been represented. Yeah, this this particular was this year. I think she said it like oh, January 1st. They did a story. Hmm about this and she did say that and yeah i've heard a lot of people criticizing this comment because they mm-hmm. they do say women have been represented and women have been at the forefront of this and kathleen kennedy is in charge of all of lucasfilm so a woman has been in the place of power within this company um a woman has been you know quote unquote calling the shots but i think with this particular thing directing a feature film for star wars it's we haven't done this we've done tv shows we've done this but for a film it's a little it's a little different it's, a, it's run a little bit different and um I, i'm i'm curious to see how how it all plays out and it's star wars of course i'm gonna go watch it day one for sure but um but yeah her quote that was the only quote that i was like ah, she could have worded that better in my opinion i understand what she means I told we all understand what she means, but it's just like I think she if she would have worded that a little bit better, I think people would have been like, oh, OK. But, yeah, I know that's what people are mad about right now. So the whole new Jedi order that Ray is, is founding is going to be all women. <laughs> like the Amazons. Like the yeah, the, I brought up the mascara. I, I think I. I <laughs> think Amazonians. I posted, yeah, I, I commented about it. Um <laughs> Well, and if we all go back, we realize that Yoda, I mean, this is, of course, new canon, but Yoda always thought Leia was the better. Oh, Zach, no. Where'd he go? Yeah, I mean, I I looked at, I mean, if you just simply look at the past, I mean, Leia was there at the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. And you could say, okay, Hera was there. Ahsoka's there. Uh, Bo-Katan is there. Um, well, and Leia was a pretty strong force, like in the first couple movies. Like she was picking up a blaster, and yeah, when she picks getting up getting stuff done, when, and when she takes the blaster away from Luke. That was completely overturning what we had thought her character was, and yeah. who characters like that were supposed were supposed to act. Like we were, right. we all thought she's a damsel in distress. They're gonna yeah. come in. They're gonna save her, and she's just gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know what." No, she takes a blaster and she says, "We got to get out of here." Like and that was in the seventies. Yes, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> was so right. Cool. And then in Empire Strikes Back, she's the one giving the um the briefing before the Battle of Hoth. Like for sure, all the men are looking at her, and she's in the middle directing it. And it's I'm like I'm like this is amazing. This is great. So, but I, I like I said, I do understand what she was saying by that quote, but at the same time. It could have been worded a little bit differently because we have had women uh, who directors who are women who have been making Star Wars. Deborah Chow, Brad, Bryce Dallas Howard and Steph, Steph Green. Is there another if I'm missing one? I feel terrible. But yes, from the Mandalorian season three, oh, I think okay. it was a European director I or, a, or a European sounding name that was out there. But anyways, the point that I was trying to make here um, 
Ray, the most recent in the films, and then of course we had Katie Sackhoff as Bo Katan kind of mm-hmm. being the face of Star Wars for the Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe her comment is on point, and that maybe there is going to be a sole female lead, maybe not Daisy Ridley, because reports are that she's going to be uh, possibly, yeah, not the main character. So maybe that is accurate, and we just kind of don't know yet. I remember they said when they were filming Ahsoka, the three main leads of Ahsoka, they all just kind of looked at each other and they were like, we're all women. Like we are all, we are all women in the forefront of this TV show. And they said they never thought about it the whole time they were making it. It wasn't until later they kind of stepped back and they're like, whoa, this is kind of a big deal. And then what was really funny was some of the, Right wing, uh, which always makes me laugh at right wing <laughs> Star Wars fans because Star Wars is very not, anyways. But <laughs> when they were like, "Oh man, women," you know, they're taking over Ahsoka. You know, she's a woman, and I'm like, "Like that character's been established. All these other characters have been established. It makes sense. We're not forcing anything. Like if they were not in the in the show, that'd be the bigger problem." And then Rolando Flores from YouTube, hello, thank you for joining us. We are trying to save Star Wars here on the Star Wars. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, I always laugh when people say right wing Star Wars fans because I'm just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, like, they realize Star Wars is not, you know, anyways, it's very anti government, very anti established, you know, against the Yeah, it is. George Lucas purposely said the Viet Cong, the rebellion was the Viet Cong, and the Empire was the Americans invading Vietnam. And I'm like, does anybody remember him saying that? But yeah, anyways. <laughs> Yeah. But all right. So with that down, uh the next thing I wanted to talk about here was something about 2023, actually. Ooh, so just a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the way last year. Way last so the Mandalorian year. has been deemed as the most watched original series according to US analytics firm and that's incredible. I, I didn't think the Mandalorian was was still that popular. Yeah, I I didn't think season three was going to give us those numbers, but it did. And this isn't not just Disney Plus. This is every every streaming HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. The yep. Mandalorian was the most watched, was the most streamed show of 2023. And I think a lot of that has to do with that little guy there in the cockpit right there. Mr. Mr. Grogu himself is just bringing those numbers in like crazy when it comes to Star Wars. And this story is by Star Wars Newsnet. I'll read a little bit of it. It says, according to data collected and studied by an analytics firm, the Mandalorian top charts when it came to streaming original content, while Ahsoka helped round out the top 10. As reported by The Wrap, Whip Media assessed the performances of the 30 best performing series using their TV Time app which measures the viewership of American audience members. From there, they were able to measure the shows with the greatest share of viewership from January 2023 to November 2023. Their reporting indicates that The Mandalorian was the number one streaming original that uh, got viewership this year with Ahsoka in ninth place. Uh, Beyond the Realm of Star Wars, Marvel also had a high up on the list with Loki taking the number two spot and Secret Invasion at number seven. On the subject of Disney owning streaming series Hulu, 
was no slouch with the only murders in the building and the bear taking the number five and number eight spots. Apple TV Plus took the number three spot with Ted Lasso. I actually just saw the third season of Ted Lasso. It's awesome. I had a lot of people telling me that it wasn't good, but I thought it was great. I didn't like it, but that's just me, though. You didn't like I, it? I didn't like it either. What? It's not, not the Ted Lasso podcast. But anyways, let's just uh, let's just keep going. But I, We got to talk about this now. But one, um, thing, <laughs> um, one thing I did read also about 2023, um, Entertainment Weekly did a list of their top 10 episodes of 2023. Top 10 best episodes. Ahsoka season one, episode five, Shadow Warrior was listed as one of the top 10 episodes of 2023. Really? That's the one with Anakin Skywalker wow. and the Clone Wars flashback. It was highly, highly rated and it was very, very much like highly viewed because everyone mm. knew Hayden Christensen was coming back. And yeah. I think that's a huge like the Disney being like, oh, people like him. You know, like, no, of course people like him. Like, if they put Hayden Christensen in something else, you're going to get those same numbers. Slam dunk. Exactly. There you go. See, <laughs> Zach is learning, David. He's learning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think it's great that Star Wars was still Star Wars still delivers. Even if it's there's no movie out on TV, it's still overpowered everyone else. For so, sure. It's kind of funny because people are like, Star Wars is done. And you look at the numbers and you're like, no, there's a huge, huge um crowd still watching star wars and i think the problem is we've said this years and years ago which is the that minority that doesn't like it is very loud and everybody thinks mm. they're the only ones talking right now and people like us who really like star wars and love talking about star wars we get kind of shut out so that's kind of um wasn't that the episode that was limited released into movie theaters yes uh taught uh Sorry, that was me. Tim on Facebook. Yes, that was the episode that they aired in theaters. Oh, and, I was so close to going. I was very close to going. So too. was I. I had my ticket and everything. I was I just couldn't make it work. But 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 the, it was the way they said, yeah, you can reserve your ticket. But you yeah, gotta be there. You got to get there like eight hours early because not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed a seat. Yeah, I was going to go with Colin and I had my ticket reserved for a theater in Chicago. So from West Michigan, it's really not too bad of a hike. I mean, you're obviously in the car more than you are watching the actual episode, but they overbooked the theater for seats. Yep. So I knew my seat would be filled if I wasn't there. So I didn't feel, I guess, too bad about not using my ticket, but I definitely wish I was there. Yeah, I was very close to going. I was like, nah. I don't know. And then David, that's when David called me and he was like, if you're not in line now, you're not. I was like, you're right. Yeah, and then I, I, yeah. I saw on TikTok someone posted a picture at the at the Grove, which is the theater that was at, and it was the line was out the door, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's there's no way I was gonna get in there. Dang. But uh, but yeah, so that episode was one of the top ten episodes of 2023. Is the Last of Us on there? I know we don't talk about it. well, I think, we could talk about it. But. I think there yeah there, there was the Last of Us was on there. Um, I forget what other there was a, there was other episodes of, of other great shows out there, but I was just really happy that Star Wars made it in. Yeah, like, and of course Absolutely. that episode from that episode. No, it was the episode before that, which was uh, Fallen Jedi. From that episode, from yeah. episode four to the end, I was like, "This is the greatest Star Wars. This is one of the greatest Star Wars that's yeah. out there." And, yeah, I could read off the list right quick, starting with number one. The Mandalorian, Loki, Ted Lasso, You, Only Murders in the Building, Black Mirror, Secret Invasion, The Bear, Ahsoka, The Witcher, 
Gen V, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Manifest, Outer Banks, Silo, Shrinking, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Invincible, The Night Agent, Jenny and Georgia, 1923, Upload, Beef, Shadow and Bone, Criminal Minds, How I Met Your Father, Poker Face, The Morning Show, Sex Education, Queen Charlotte, and A Bridgerton Story. So I guess The Last of Us wasn't even on here. How I Met Your Father beat The Last of Us. I've seen that. It's nothing to write home about. Like, tag on it, dude. Right. Ryan Johnson's so, over here like, yes, Poker Face made it up. So here, here's... <laughs> I don't know how much this equates, but people have these shows running in the background. And they're not necessarily watching them either. That's right. If if they're taking that data as well, because I remember the most streamed movie for the first like 10 years of streaming was like Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Really? And they pinpointed a house that watched it like multiple times a day for a whole year. And they contacted them that were like, are you really watching this movie that many times? And the person was like, oh, no, it's our babysitter that comes. They, they just put it on for the kids, and they just replay it once it ends. And it's like <laughs> every time they come over and babysit, we know they're watching it. And then when the babysitter's not even here, they're watching it too. So that's why it played every <laughs> single day. <laughs> Dang. That's Which if you go right. back in time to 1984-85, if they could track my VHS viewing habits, it would be Star Wars A New Hope. Followed by Return of the Jedi, followed by Empire Strikes Back. So <laughs> yeah. I would have watched that every day. Yeah, mine would have been uh, Star Wars and Batman 1989 would have been a lot. Oh, and Ghostbusters. That geez. was like a lot of my life growing up. <laughs> um, Tim on Facebook, The Last of Us counts as Star Wars adjacent with Din watching over a child. Lone Wolf. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. I've heard that. And it's the funniest. That's still one of my favorite jokes. And they were like, oh, look, Pedro Pascal still watching over watching over a kid trying to keep the kids safe but um oh so can we talk about the rolling stone list that that came out yeah yeah so rolling stone and all their no way no way good <laughs> hello there general Kenobi. <laughs> how are you i'm 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 doing great I was on my way back from doing errands and um and I, I wasn't able to make it earlier, but I I have been listening the entire time. Um that's good to know. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah, I'm fine. You wanna buy some death sticks? Yeah, you wanna buy some death sticks. Thanks. I saw that guy on Matrix, uh what was it? Re- Revel uh was it which one was he that- in? Anyways, he was in Matrix too, and I was like, that's the death stick guy. But, <laughs> Um, so, uh, Rolling Stone released their top 150 science fiction film list of all time. <laughs> and spoiler alert, there are four Star Wars movies that made the list. And they're not the four you're thinking. And I remember, I think Zach said, well, we all know what the, the three are. What's the fourth one? I was like, I wouldn't say you know what the three. Yeah, are. I was wrong for sure. So I I I only recorded the ones that I was like like oh cool um so at one fifteen this isn't like from one fifty the least okay to all the way number one uh, so at one fifteen was Rogue One Rogue One made it that makes one sense of the top star uh, science fiction films of all time at ninety three the Last Jedi made it as one of the top science fiction films of all time okay. And then at 83, this has nothing to do with Star Wars, but kind of. THX 1138 made it. Oh, good. Hmm. Okay, cool. 
at number 22, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And Classic. at number nine, A New Hope. Sure. Wait, wait. So, so The Last Jedi beat Rogue One? Yes. Okay. Whoever made the list is okay. All right. <laughs> A lot of people love The Last Jedi. I, I just. I, I I was honestly so I was honestly surprised that um, Revenge of the Sith didn't make it. Yeah, that was, was the one well, that I was like. I was more shocked about Return of the Jedi not making it I, on there. Well, I kind so, of Return of the Jedi yeah. is one of those like people love it for the nostalgic feel, but I know a lot of people say it's not a good Star Wars film, but they sure. love it for the nostalgic feel of what the movie what the movie is, what it did. Um, Starship Troopers was on there. Starship Troopers was high on that list too. That was like. I think top 20 was Starship Troopers, so good for them. But um, yeah, I was really shocked that Revenge of the Sith wasn't on this list. It's one of the top science fiction mm -hmm. films. So I think The Last Jedi, honestly, is a decent film if you put it in the category of just being it on, on its own. But as a Star Wars film, that surprises me that it is beating Rogue One. That's very shocking, uh, just because of you don't hear anyone complain about Rogue One. There's nothing wrong with it. It was done perfectly. Now, if you're putting <laughs> The Last Jedi compared to Rogue One, it's like those two don't even compare. So I'm I would love to hear like of the reasoning of of the placement on this list because that just blows my mind that um just because again, Ryan Johnson is a great director. I, I I enjoy his movies. I I love Knives Out and um, L Looper and 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 all that stuff. But here's the thing: his film, yes, it is on on the list as Rotten Tomatoes by critics as a very high percentage. But if you look at the audience score, it was very very low, very very low. I can't even stress that enough. So it's just to me that's very shocking that the last should I beat Rogue One. So this was the um, <clears throat> the person who wrote the article. This was this is what they said. OK, somehow Ryan Johnson's 2017 entry became the most divisive title in the famed franchise. There were complaints about Luke being a quitter, about the seemingly extraneous, extraneous side quest to the casino planet of Cancel Bite and about Jop Johnson seemingly ignoring The Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams plans for Ray's origin. Though it's unclear if he had any, so which is true. We don't know hmm. whether or not, right? You know, J.J. Abrams really yeah. didn't have any of that. Most of us, however, walked out gobsmacked by some of the most stunning visuals and sequences of any Star Wars film. The throne room fight, Admiral Haldo's kamikaze run, the First Order flagship through the First Order flagship, the desperate battle on the salt planet of Crait, including Luke's most heroic moment of the entire series. All that, plus Johnson's decision to... Uh, to democratize the force rather than treating it as a special power available to only a chosen few. You can probably guess the side we fall on, but so it was that like was that there. before though. That's, that's his, weird. his most heroic moment in the series. Are you kidding me? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of he brought his dad back from the dark side. Are you kidding me? His most heroic is standing up to the first order as a force ghost. I mean, like not even a force ghost, a force mirage, Standing there, getting blasted, saving time for the hmm. resistance to escape. Well, he That's the. Himself. He brought the most, like, you know, very demonic human being in the galaxy from the dark side back to the light. All right, this guy like went such down such a dark path, and 
<laughs> his son brought him all the way to the light side. Are you kidding me? This person is saying that Luke's most um, heroic moment is in The Last Jedi. I'm sorry, James. I know you're like number eight, but I seriously struggle as well with you. I know you're like number eight. The Last yes. Jedi? Oh, yes. I like, you like number eight. I thought he's like yeah, episode eight. Like, oh, why am I number eight? Um, but yeah, I, I personally loved it. I think uh, I love the last like 30 minutes of that movie. It's just amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so Last Jedi made it at 93. I will. I was like I said. I'm most shocked about Revenge of the Sith not making it on there, and I was shocked that re- that Empire was so kind of not in the top ten as well. I thought Empire Strikes yeah. Back would have been. I thought it'd be higher than. I thought. Well, see, I, well, I, see. I, here's the thing. This guy thinks Star Wars is science fiction. It's not. Okay. So here we there's, go. There's, there's there's the first mistake. <laughs> Yeah. So the I mean, grading criteria is yeah, it's like he worked at Blockbuster when do. he was a kid and he had a he the, was like science fiction Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars and science. Yeah. So well, yeah, there's the first big mistake. In, in case you don't know, Irvin Kershner famously said it's 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 a it's, what does he say? It's like a space fantasy, like it's space a space opera. Movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they, overall it's an opera, but he was pretty much treating it as a fantasy. Like that's yeah, that's fantasy what Star Wars is. Wizards. Yeah. Because the yeah. science doesn't add up. Yeah, science doesn't work. Yeah, it's noise in space, fire and I in love, space. And I love that people will be like, "How did the bombs fall?" And I'm like, "You're worried about the bombs falling in Star Wars?" <laughs> and there's like way, yeah. way crazier things Star Wars does. And just like, That's fine, <laughs> but it's funny. Not even that, but there's like, like a dog is flying a spaceship right now. <laughs> like, why is, the, why is the dog not wearing any pants? You know, like, which is an actual note that George Lucas yeah. received. Um, but I will say this though about this list personally, and number seven was Children of Men, which I was like, that movie that deserves to be on there. Have y'all ever seen Children of Men? I have not. No. Oh boy, I haven't been able to get all the way through it, man. It's God. it's a hard watch. But it's... that one shot with the camera just rotating in the car, yeah, those long shots that Kieron did, it's it's yeah. it's wild. And, and of course, he was he... one of my few picks to direct a Star Wars movie, which I still <laughs> think he needs to direct a Star Wars movie. That dude would he directed Gravity in case y'all don't know. He also directed the movie Gravity with uh, Sandra Bullock and then he won like every Oscar for Roma. Remember that? It was like he had like three Oscars in his hand that night. Um, the top five science fiction movies of all time makes a lot of sense. Um, number five is Alien. Makes sense. Number four, this one kind of shocked me. Blade Runner at number four. I thought it'd be higher. Number three, close encounters of the third kind. Number two, Stalker, which I've never, never seen. And number one, what do you think it is? 2001. Yep. I the duck. <laughs> Sadly, Colin, that was not on the list. Oh, um, man. If um, that made um, it over Revenge of the Sith, there'd be words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more, more words than there already have been. <laughs> I would have been shocked. I'm like, really? Howard the duck? But yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey is still considered the greatest, greatest science fiction movie of all hmm. time. So, do you guys like 2001? I love is it. it. I haven't seen any of those top five movies. Is that bad? It is bad. Just I'm just gonna say that right now. That's I got... Zach, you were you were born last yes. decade, so yes. it doesn't. I, <laughs> I, like, I am no there. longer the youngest person on the podcast. So it's, well, and it's, also it's, it's so nice. Yes, Tam, it was on there. I don't know I what talk, it was, but it was on there. I talk with my coworkers all the time. Like, hey, I love Star Wars. I really, really love Star Wars. But there's a ton of other movies you'd think I've seen that I haven't seen, like. I haven't seen Ghostbusters. I haven't seen Jurassic Park. I haven't seen <laughs> Terminator. I haven't Zach. seen 
dude. You think of something classic you think I've seen, and there's a good chance I haven't seen it. You can tell that that we did not do our screening process correctly when we, <laughs> yeah. when, we when we brought Zach on. So hey, just click you were part of that, move. man. What are you talking about? We I know. On here. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people think you're killing me, Zach. <laughs> Dude, make a list. I'll I'll start checking stuff off. There's like I haven't seen Terminator, haven't seen The oh. Matrix. There's he can be like Steve Rogers in Captain America, the Point of Soldier. He can just have a notepad and being like, okay, oh yeah, Ghostbusters, <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek. Question. Yeah, for the listeners and viewers out there, Zach is very young, so uncultured. Yeah, not- uncultured. <laughs> hey, how about inexperienced? <laughs> Colin, you're his neighbor. Go culture him. Zach, how old are you? Though? I'm, I'm uh, how old are you? I'm 23. Okay, so no lie, I was about that age when I first watched like Blade Runner too. So it's yeah, like, I was maybe a little bit younger, like maybe like twenty two. Yeah, that sure. was around the age that I started to really, really dive into like these these. I think I say older films, but just these eighties science. Yeah, movies. just more classic like yeah, popular films. You're fine. Don't, we're just giving you a cool. Hard time. No, but, hey, uh, if you guys make a list, like the three of you, if you could put your brains together and make a list of movies you think I should watch, I'd, oh, I'd start dude, checking them even, off. You don't even want to, man. You're gonna be there for like five years trying to watch all these movies, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's go around and list like your top three films you haven't seen that everyone else has seen. Oh, I, I gave you like seven. I, I can't to ten. Am I good? <laughs> um, I, I've never seen the one movie that always pops up. Is uh, are we just talking about regular films or science fiction yeah. films? Regular films? Star Wars films, James. No, yeah, regular films. All this made my day right here. Um, yeah. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love that, but um, I've never seen L.A. Confidential, and I've never seen. I've never seen that. I've never. Okay, how about this? I'm gonna say by director. I've never seen an Alfred Hitchcock film, and I've never seen a David Lynch film. Oh wow! And I've never seen a like the classics, like uh, Sam Peckinpah films, or you know, like those old films as well. So, or any any of this uh, Sergio Leone westerns. I've never seen the good, the bad, the ugly uh, for yeah. a few dollars more. I've seen hang them high, but uh, that's, you know what I mean? So, so here's, here's the thing about me and Hitchcock. Uh-oh. My mom was a big Hitchcock fan, but she would only watch the movies that were edited on TV. <laughs> so I never really got the full like hit of Hitchcock. So like our favorites were like the birds and I think psycho would come on. But I mean, it was all edited for TV, so yeah. I could be around. And I was a little kid in the <laughs> '80s, you know, when they were airing, so it wasn't like a big deal. But I was like, "Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock is cool." And I think we rented the birds on VHS. And I don't think that film is that violent, other than like birds like dying on screen. But I mean, they were like fake birds, I believe. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> And you said uh, David Lynch. I've only seen, yeah, I've never seen David Lynch one before. film, I think, of David Lynch. He was supposed to direct Return of the Jedi, actually. Yes, he was. He um, was very close to directing Return of the Jedi. And the, the whole the, 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 the very interesting thing, I, I think, about David Lynch was he had a TV show called Twin Peaks in mm-hmm. the 90s. And it was, it was a weird show, but somehow it was popular. It was almost kind of like this might be an older reference too but like lost like you didn't know what they were doing what the show was about but it was still interesting captivating and you still watched it uh-huh. and there was just like weirdness twin peaks is really really weird though it's like really off kilter yeah i've just never been a, a lynch 
David Lynch fan. Someone just wrote Raising Arizona. Whether oh. or not you love that movie or you've seen that movie. David Lynch directed Dune, the, the original Dune. Yeah, 1984's... Uh, With Kyle MacLachlan. I've seen that. I've never seen that movie. Because it's not that great. The but... new one is awesome. Yeah, that made the list. That was actually higher up than the original one. So I was like, all right, that's good. Yeah, I mean, so, and for kind of good reason. Well, and half the movie's not out in all fairness. So yeah. the other the other half's coming out. I was one of the weird people who was like... Like I knew what was gonna happen, so when it ended, everybody was like, "Zendaya wasn't even in the movie." I was like, oh, "What? What?" I was yeah, like, it, it was the guys kind of wait. Gotta of, read, you gotta read the. I'm not gonna say you gotta read the book, but you gotta understand yeah. the, the story. Yeah. Anyway. Stopped halfway through Act Two um, credits because I remember watching uh, the original Dune on VHS, and I remember the kind of the kind of uh, backstory of why they made the film. And it's because of the person that wrote the Dune book um, was actually trying to sue George Lucas because he thought he got a lot of his inspiration from Star Wars. He did. So he yeah. was just like, hey, if that movie can be good, then a Dune movie would be great. And um, it depends on, you know, who is the person watching it. But the movie wasn't really greatly received as star wars was and if you watch it you understand why and it's because i think um uh it wasn't on the same level as star wars and to me star wars wasn't it isn't just great because of the story but but because of the aspect of the entire project because you have to think about it they pioneered a lot of that stuff like they created like certain cameras to get certain shots they we're doing stop motion on a whole different level that the world's never seen before. So it just wasn't a great story. They paved a whole new, uh, a whole new creative side of cinema that no one's seen before. And it changed the way that we look at films. It changed the way that people made films. So it, it was a very interesting time. Uh, and for Dune, it was great of, of, of that story, but I don't think that, at that point in time, it was really great to like to make that movie because now with the remake, people are just blown away by it. Um, uh, people love it, and you know it's it it kind of goes to it kind of goes back to what George Lucas was trying to do with with this entire saga, which was he was waiting for technology to catch up, and that's exactly what they did with Dune. Because I think if they made the original Dune. Now, instead of the remake, I think the I think the movie would be fantastic. But because they specifically were like, hey, you know, I think because Star Wars did great, this movie, you know, could do great. I think yeah. that's where it went wrong hmm. back in the day. Well, there was supposed to be. I know we're getting off topic here, um, but Sorry. Hayden Hauser did say Pulp Fiction, Schindler's List and The Godfather. He hasn't seen those. So Qui-Gon Jinn's and Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> Qui-Gon yep. isn't Schindler's List. Uh, Not Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, the Qui actual Jin. character. He just shows up. In you know that he originally, Spielberg originally wanted uh, Harrison Ford for that part. Really? Yes. And I believe Harrison huh. Ford said you need like an actual actor to do this part. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and then Liam Neeson just, just, yeah. Just, it's, have you seen that, Zach? Have you seen? Shana? I had to watch it for I think my freshman year English class, and one of the reasons <laughs> we watch it is uh, I believe one of the uh, Schindler Jews that he saved, the granddaughter of one of those Jews, was in my class. That's incredible! Oh wow! Yeah, That's it was phenomenal. 
it was crazy. So that was kind of a cool connection to that story. But if it weren't for that English class, I probably wouldn't have seen it. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction or The Godfather, but that's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, Jesus uh, face. No. So Please have me fact, back. Though, there yep. was supposed to be a. Oh, sorry, go on, David. Sorry. I was going to say Pulp Fiction came out in 1994, I believe, and I didn't even watch it in the 90s. Yeah. So I, I watched it, it as an adult. Um, I know it was like a huge movie then. And it was it was that on VHS, uh, but uh, yeah, The Godfather. I didn't watch that until last decade, and when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is this is a great film." Then I watched Godfather Two, and James was about to win here too. I thought that was horrible. I thought Godfather Two was horrible <laughs> because people people hyped it up so yeah, huge. that one's hyped up pretty. When pretty. you watch it, it's like the only great scene is the one scene they always talk about. And it's like, okay, well, it, it happened. It was on the lake in the boat. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. I knew it was going to happen already. It's a so very, I, I guess that kind of killed it for me. Yeah. Godfather 2 is, is a very slow burn of a film. Yes, it um, does. But yeah. I, it's I, a long I, movie, too. It's a very long movie. But I really like that one. I think that's a fun movie. Um, De Niro does a great job as young Marlon Brando. Yeah. And it's... I think it's funny because George Lucas directed second unit of the first Godfather, which yeah. makes me laugh. Like he was there on set helping out Francis yeah. Ford Coppola, and um, so yeah, because there is a tie. Was there was close friends with him and Steven Spielberg, right? He was friends what? with Coppola yeah. first, and yeah. then uh, legend has it, Verda Fields. Legend. If you if you know Verda Fields, she edited uh, American Graffiti um, along with, and then she also edited Jaws. She's the one who introduced Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. She had worked with both of them when they were younger. Okay. The legend is Verna Fields is the one who introduced them. So hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyways, um, so yeah. So those were the top science fiction films of all time. Star Wars has four. And I know they weren't the ones that you were thinking. And unfortunately, Colin Howard the Duck was not uh, included on this list. Tragic. So tragic. And then uh, oh. t Tim actually brought up a good point, which it is true. Yes. Uh, George Lucas creates Star Wars. Yeah, because he could not get the rights to do Flash Gordon. That was one of his favorite films and favorite Saturday morning serials growing up. So he did everything he could. Couldn't get it. Thank and, God. Uh, I believe <laughs> this. I, I think he like went to New York and he was like really trying to get those rights. Mm. And they said, they said no, we're not going to give them to you. And he was like, all right, cool. That's also with Steven Spielberg because he was trying to make a James Bond movie, and uh, and then they were like, "No, we we really don't want to give you the rights." And George Lucas was like, "Well, I've got something a lot better. He's an archaeologist, Indiana Jones." And then boom, no, you Indiana got the Indiana Jones franchise. Yeah, Indiana Smith. And then, <laughs> and then Spielberg was like, "I think Jones sounds better." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do Jones. Like, yeah. Like the most um, like one of the most iconic names in cinematic history, yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I know the three of us have uh at least three people uh on this episode have watched the uh the documentary series on um on Disney Plus called Light and Magic. Zach, have have, have you watched it? Yes, I love it. it was okay, incredible. Yeah. Um and Dave and I were talking about this the other day, but Joe Johnston actually confirmed that that season two is happening. Let's go. Um, yeah. So I am well, I'm, good, I'm super pumped for that. Yeah. Where it ended, I was like, there's like 
so much a lot, less. Of, a lot of movies last, that came like, out after that yeah well, well come on man tell, yeah. us what, tell us what happened next yeah. that was a great documentary and there's like two frames from that documentary are from us are from star wars a new hope that we've never seen before yes and it was like i remember when i saw that i was like what is that there's more footage like what in the world so of yeah, course there's more footage but no 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 <laughs> it's it's the fact that they just haven't shown it like it's just yeah it's like where what are y'all doing with this footage disney's like, trying to flex that? on us just here's a little yeah, extra two second footage that'll that'll get everyone riled yeah, up if, again if i'm not mistaken it was a tuscan raider on a bantha and it was just like i was like i've never seen that yeah. shot ever no. and it was so cool that, that documentary was mind-blowing because yeah just how far visual effects have come and the crazy, crazy things they did for Star Wars. I've been watching a lot of different behind-the-scenes stuff uh, because I'm currently working on my Chewbacca. So, like, I've just been, you know, I don't mind, like, re-watching Star Wars, but I was like, I really want to get into the behind-the-scenes aspect of this because of what those, uh, of what that whole crew did of just coming onto A New Hope and not having a very big resume and just to see where they are now i was like that's so inspiring i really want to get inspired so i've been just watching a bunch of uh different behind the scenes stuff so i rewatched light and magic i rewatched empire dreams i just found um something on youtube of where they they did a they they did a mythology comparison of star wars to mythology on the history channel like a couple of years back so i i watched that special and i was like oh like this is really cool um and there's so much more out there so if you really want to get inspired i really suggest watching those stuff because you know it just takes one person to really believe in you to really you know to kind of ignite that spark and 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 get you to where you want to go you know true act of kindness always sparks another so you never know or if you're good at carpentry you could uh harrison ford yeah yeah (laughs) i often think that story like i i I often think she planted him there specifically (laughs) somebody was like stay here at this office um tim uh, from facebook says it's the footage contained in the same warehouse where they are storing the ark of the covenant which is very true in case yeah. you don't know about it, there is a big old warehouse with the Ark of the Covenant and everything on else. On Skywalker Eagles Ranch. Yeah. On Skywalker Ranch. And I'm pretty sure the footage is buried in there. But no, I think he's actually talking about the actual one at Area 51. I think that's where. Oh, that's where I mean, I'm 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 not surprised. Like if <laughs> if, if that's true. Um, that's funny, though. But um, Zach, have you at least watched the movie Fanboys? No, yeah. no. OK. You need to watch that. You honestly would like it. It's um, when did that come out? I believe it came out just a couple of months before the Phantom Menace, right? Or no, no, this was um in two thousand six or seven is when this. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Oh, really? I was six or seven, so I I was around. But wait, 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 wait. No, okay. I'm sorry. The film is taking place right before the events of the Phantom Menace, because they are getting ready um to like go see it, and their friend has um cancer i i believe and they are trying to um to get him to experience star wars um be before his passing and 2009 yeah. james oh 2000, i'm sorry yeah. yeah that's what i'm seeing too yeah yeah so, no, yeah no give it a gander. i would definitely watch it so it's, because it's, a, it's pretty good it, for yeah. being a star wars fan to watch that it's you're gonna get all the jokes 
Yes, awesome. and it's and there's and you're gonna get all the cameos, like some yes. of those cameos. You're yeah. like, holy, like they got. I'm yeah. not gonna say who, but there's some people in there. I'm like, how did right. you get this person in this yeah. movie? And um, awesome. But I will say this though, that fanboys poster was around for a long time, and I believe when they were making that movie, Jay Bruchelle told Seth Rogen to hire Michael Sarah to be in Superbad. So that just shows you the movie was made of more like a few years before that. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's a great movie written by Ernest Klein, who wrote this, who wrote the book uh, Ready Player One and Ready Player Two. And he wrote the script for Ready Player One, who is a writer, I think, who should direct or who should write a Star Wars movie. I think that would be I wonder if they've asked him. They probably have. And he lives right up the road from me. Yeah, he lives in Austin. If you ever see a DeLorean in the Austin area, (laughs) that's most likely Ernest. that's your guy. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. He's, he's a pretty cool dude. But um, but yeah, yeah, the fanboys is a great film, and it was on it was on Prime for a good while, and I watched it and it was still funny. Oh yeah, just Great. and spoiler alert, Danny Trejo is in the movie. Just just letting everybody know. Danny <laughs> Trejo is in the film. Okay. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Danny Trejo, in case you didn't know. He's great. But anyways, what else we got on the list today? The next story that I want to talk about here is if you could watch us, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks. Um, the graphic is up. It shows the Bad Batch, the Acolyte Skeleton Crew, tells the Jedi from Star Wars Newsnet. An updated story that says the Bad Batch Season 3 and tells of the Jedi Season 2 confirmed for 2024, along with the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew yes. and or Season 2 moves into 2025. So their update yep. on the story that was dropped December 19th is that in a new press release from the Walt Disney Company it's been confirmed that Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3 and Tales of the Jedi Season 2 are still set for a 2024 release on Disney Plus despite previous reports to the contrary I would have been surprised if they didn't just because we um, not for Tales of the Jedi but we got that trailer at Star Celebration last year and the they animated a bunch of stuff, so I'm curious of why they're they kind of are waiting to push it back. I know May 4th is on a Saturday this year, so I don't know if they would release anything on Star Wars Day, but if they did, I don't think anyone would complain. Um, but I point I think they are because yeah, we complained a lot on the podcast and <laughs> we complain to the Star Wars stuff podcast, they usually kind of like eventually oh, yes. give yes. us what we want. So I, I, I absolutely they are just like, oh, he is uh that guy is talking about Max Rebo again. Let's just put him on screen and uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's make Mac, Max Rebo the kid origin story and just have him in yes. through. Uh no, I I have had <laughs> dude, no, no, it's let's it, just reincarnate it's, Max Rebo. It's so funny because I am I am known for that now. Like whenever I go to the to conventions, people won't even say my name. They're like, oh, look, it's the Max Rebo guy. And I'm like, hi, how's it going? And it's just the funniest thing. So um uh I'm actually getting uh something in uh in the mail um by so there's an artist called Stax Rebo, and they make really cool uh they make really cool art and there's a new art piece that they just did and i and i posted on my story and it's max rebo sitting in the bathtub and she reached out to me and uh they reached out to me and they were just like hey like you know 
do you want this? I'm like, yes, please. I am going to put this in my bathroom. So when we have guests over, people will be like, wow, that makes sense. Is it directly in front of your, like across from your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, no, no, I no, it's great. And then I am currently making blueprints like and 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 trying to figure out the best way to do a Max Rebo costume uh, just because there is one person. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In Italy, uh, that I met at Star Celebration last year in London, uh, which is the only person in the world that has a Max Rebo costume. And I saw it on display over at the Preble Legion and Foul First area. And it was a really fun conversation. Um, I don't speak I don't speak Italian, but there was his friend there, and then he translated for me, and then I was getting excited. He was getting excited because no one else like like does Max Rebo. So I'm geeking out. I got my friend Josh there. He's rolling his eyes. He's like, I don't understand what this guy's saying, but I know like like he's he's so excited to be talking about Max Rebo. Is there a lot of this, dude? <laughs> but yeah, That's so, amazing though. See, Star Wars brings people together. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm using this year as a. Oh, I was going to ask that too, but I didn't know if I wanted to. One of our Facebook users asked, "Are you making it with legs so, or arms?" Especially so, if there's only two of them. Leg arms. If you watch the and go. Um, if you <laughs> okay, fine. I will not get into it because oh, go, it will be a whole go thing. Go for it. Go for it. it okay. Tell the so tell the all right. So if you watch the light and magic uh, documentary, you actually have Phil uh, Phil Tibbet. He actually, um, he's actually wearing one of the first prototypes of, uh, of Max Rebo, and oh, right. yep, yep. yeah, and you see him like, like, he's like playing it like this, and he's moving his head like this, and, uh, and I was talking to my friend Hunter, and I'm like, we can definitely do something like that, <laughs> like, of just have a mixture of foam and then like like kind of have this cloth material on it because that's how they made it and and then the rebel legion costume actually has it to where he's got two legs and two arms uh so because for the actual costume you have to be walking around so that's the that's the way i'm doing it um but yeah no i i am using this year as as a big project here you, you know I'm, I'm i'm working on chewy i'm doing clone wars anakin i'm doing shirtless anakin from the two from the 2003 clone Wars series of where he's got like the, the blue tattoos yeah and then and, and, and he's he's got the golden like um his, are you his gonna cut off your arm, arm for it and have dude the, like, i i have to be canon man i i have to be canon oh uh yeah and then i the, the other day i was looking at a really good uh admiral akbar head and hands and i was really tempted to yeah i i i i know i was like I would love to do a other alien. And I think doing that would be super cool. Um, but yeah, no, I am definitely using th th this year to really bring out m my creative side of just doing more, more things in the stars community. So you heard that here, everybody 
Colin said 2024 is his year. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag, this is my year. I already messed up 2024, okay. so 2025 is, is going to be my year, definitely. So just, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's personal. But anyways, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But that's pretty cool, though, man. Yeah, you sent us a picture of you wearing your um, your Chewy. Yeah. And, and then uh, David made the comment, which was, you should do a shaved Wookiee. <laughs> Which I think would be the funniest thing. In the I am not doing Zeb. But I'm I, I can't do Zeb. Ooh, that's um, a deep cut. I like it. Yeah. Um, no, but <laughs> the the whole latch hooking process too is is very interesting. And and I was rewatching some of the special features, and there's one on Revenge of the Sith of where they bring Peter Mayhew back as Chewie, and then they have the other Wookies, and it shows them like latch hooking and and kind of putting the um the new masks for the new featured wookies in that film and i was just like this is really interesting and then i really didn't know how to latch hook i have no experience latch hooking this is all new new territory for me so i've been watching a bunch of videos and then yesterday was the real day where like i sat down and i i started doing it so my goal is to latch hook for at least two to three hours a day until the costume is done so can you my explain goal is to, to the audience what yes. latch hooking is uh, okay, so latch hooking is kind of like a form of sewing. So you are putting, um, if you're doing, you know, something like Chewbacca, you are using hair. Or if you're, you know, doing something else like with yarn, uh, you will grab two pieces of, you know, of of the item. You like kind of pinch it together. You will put it through this latch hooking tool. So first, you will put the tool through the through the actual mesh of the costume through one of the holes and then as soon as you get it through the hole there's like this kind of so here's the tool right and then you well, actually you know what <laughs> here, is there a latch and a hook yeah so oh, so perfect yeah so you will put the hook through you will make sure that this piece is flat oh shoot uh oh no <laughs> He just severed his cord. Okay. Um, nope. Uh, so basically, you your will, mic is off now. You, you guys can't hear me. We no, can hear you, but you're to the computer. It's on your. Uh, it's on your computer now, instead of your microphone. <laughs> We've been doing this since 2018, everybody. <laughs> no, sorry, it, it, it was a phone thing. Okay, it was yeah, David. I I, I know you didn't edit on. All right, so. Uh, you will put this hook through then this part right here. And I'm sorry for everyone that is listening on, on, on actual devices. So you can't see this, but you will put it through and then you will have the hair like right here and you will bring it up here to the hook and then you latch it through. And then the hair or yarn will end up be, be pulling through like that. The first couple of times I did it, I like, it was, I was putting too much hair in it. So it was kind of harder to pull through. But if you do it, to a point where you're just grabbing enough hair and, and, and not a lot and, and not less enough, you honestly can just do it super quick. So I've, I've almost got a whole sleeve done, um, which I really started like yesterday. So that's, that's crazy. If you ever watch any behind the scenes of like Rick Baker talking about like Planet of the Apes or the Grinch or anything like that, that's how they had to put the hair in on all yeah. of his costumes. And it yep. is insane. Each one is put in by hand just like as colin is saying so 
can't wait to see what it looks like at the end, man. That's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. That's really cool. I'm excited. I'm I excited. Thought of, I thought about doing that, but then I realized people would think I was just an Ewok. So I said, never mind. <laughs> Although, uh, funny story. Funny. Hold on. Before I go on, they had an Oscar roundtable with a lot of the best, the best actress um, hopefuls, if you may. And Lily Gladstone, who's the actress in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, they were going around asking them, what did you want to be when you first started acting? Carrie Mulligan, great actress, said, I wanted to be like Daniel Day-Lewis, which is pretty great. Lily Gladstone says, well, mine's pretty out there, but I want it to be an Ewok. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, what? And she's like, legit, yeah, wanted to be <laughs> I mean, I was like, and then the clip ends, but I'm like, that is the funny. Like, she's just, <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be like Daniel Day Lewis. I want to be an Ewok. So I don't know. I don't know um, what your priorities are. But so, so Lily Gladstone for Star Wars is what I'm going to start saying now. Well, if you do, so if you're doing Chewie, he's about seven feet. Mm-hmm. That's the height requirement for the Rebel Legion. But oh, if no. you do Black Chrysanthemum, it's eight feet. What? <laughs> Yes, wow. which is insane. So wow. I'm I'm trying to find someone to do Black Rosanton. So then we can have a photo shoot of just two tall like, dudes, just just like fighting each other. I think I think we need to see live action. Yes, Black Rosanton. I remember at That's in Chicago, there was outside the hall. There was I mean in in the building, but like outside the main hall, there was like like eight or nine people dressed as Wookies. And they were they were huge, and I was like, I'm at Kashyyyk right now. Like, this is the only thing that makes sense. They were huge. I was part of that parade. I was actually leading that parade because of my friend uh, was doing. Um, he was he just finished his Chewy like a year ago, and I think this was like maybe like his third celebration, but it was his first one wearing Chewy. So we so they did a giant Wookie parade. And I was dressed up as Han Solo, so so I kind of led them for safety purposes. So I was walking through. I was like, "Hey, clear path! You have like a giant like parade coming through." And I think there was at least like you know o- almost thirty of them just walking through the celebration floor. And and then we ended the parade by going to Peter Mayhew's booth. Oh, and, oh. yes. And I was Very with John. Cool. Um, I was with I was with John Henry as well. And and we both were just like, man, like th- this is insane. And and at that point, I did want to do a Wookiee, but I, I I didn't know how to, you know, you know how to, like, steps to. Yeah. No, I I didn't know, I didn't know how to pro- proceed and kind of like, kind of face everything because if you don't know what you're doing, you can definitely ask questions. But you know, when you do, not not all the time people will answer you. So oh, yeah. it's just like I I didn't know the right people. But but now that I do, I'm on the right track. I feel very confident in the way that I'm approaching this. So I'm yeah, super nice. pumped. Awesome. Nice. Well, yeah, like I said, we're looking forward to it. So at the end of the year, we're going to see Colin as a Wookiee on the podcast. Actually, by May 4th. My goal is to have it done by May 4th. So our May 4th episode, <laughs> Colin will be in full makeup. And when he takes off the the, the mask, he's going to have the black the eye, eye black. Yeah, so. I actually just got that, too. That actually just came in the mail the other day. And I've got my sound glove coming in, too. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm going full out on this. I will say it, it was really cool during the making of The Force Awakens because, you know, Peter Mayhew couldn't do all of that stuff. You know, he yeah. was only, but when he's sitting down in the cockpit of the of the Falcon, and they put the mask on him and he like kind of twists his neck a little bit then looks over and it was like that's chewbacca like yes it was like that's 
that's yeah. him and it's oh man he was awesome yeah. that's so cool that's so cool star wars man star wars star wars am i right anyways what else you got david <laughs> so yeah the next story uh that we uh, listed that we're going to talk about here is a story about adam driver so he is uh there's a i believe i just lost it actually um i'm trying to find it here this is off of screen rant um the title of the article says uh they're doing stuff but not with me yeah adam driver confirms he's done with star wars after rise of skywalker so their summary indicates here in this article uh adam driver confirms he will not be returning to the star wars franchise putting an end to the rumors about his involvement in ray's new jedi order movie driver's decision makes sense given the death of his character kylo ren in the rise of yeah. skywalker indicating that kylo ren's star wars journey may be over while there is a possibility of driver intentionally misleading audiences it would be disrespectful and unwise to presume his return to Star Wars without concrete evidence. So what do you guys think? What's what's the over under on Adam Driver returning? <laughs> He's to Star been doing Wars a lot of now? press like of of where he is supposed to be promoting uh, his new movie Ferrari. But he just keeps talking about Star Wars and he's. Um, he's been saying different things. I know there was a skit on, on, on SNL where I was like, whoa, okay. Um, because he is kind of, it's not like he's bashing Star Wars. It's more like he's being very honest. Like, I think he's just like, I don't care anymore. Oh, and he, he can make fun of himself. He's one of those people yeah. that can just kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. And, um, because I know there was one article where they were like they really didn't know what they were doing with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren was not supposed to be redeemed or something like that, which we know from the original script from episode 9 that of uh of Duel of Fates that he that his character was not it was not going to be um redeemed. Um that whole script was dark too. Like that script for Col from Colin Trevorrow was a very dark script because there's even a scene of where um, General Hux like uses Mace Windu's lightsaber to um, like, yeah, no, it's just crazy. Um, and uh, Adam Driver doesn't need to return, but it would be nice to see John Boyega back. I don't think Adam Driver will return, in my opinion, just because of the way that he ends his character. And I think he's kind of past that point in his career. Um, but John Boyega is another story because he's been telling the 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 media for a while that you know like i'm not really interested in coming back and stuff like that so i think he might be misleading audiences just because i feel if oscar isaac comes back even for a cameo then you know that john boyega would hmm. come back for a cameo uh, i'm i'm i am perfectly fine with adam driver not being in any of these movies yeah i am perfectly fine with him hearing a name hearing this and you're good darth vader yeah. Mind you, Hayden Christensen was still around. He could have popped up in, you know, the the sequel trilogy, but he didn't, and it was fine. We because we're concentrating on these characters now. So I, I'm I'm like I'm like I'm like okay. If he doesn't, if he's not in there, I'm fine with it. And yeah, in his career now, I don't think he needs Star Wars. But unfortunately, for the rest of his life, he's going to be asked about Star Wars. The same as Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher all through the 80s and 90s were asked about Star Wars, yeah. no matter what they did. So I have a feeling, yeah, Adam Driver's going to be getting these questions from now until he, he dies, unfortunately. 
Yeah. I don't think he'll be coming back. Um, I mean, unless the paycheck's big enough, right? Everyone's saying they're not going to come back and then, right? There's yeah. there's something that'll get them back. So I think in the short term, Star Wars plan, or I guess the, the new project's coming out, I don't think Adam Driver will be involved, but I wouldn't rule him out for returning ever. But, uh, but you never don't... you never know. You never know. I just don't see the. I mean, I see the point. I see how they can make it work, but I don't understand how it wouldn't just be a like the kiss at the end of the rise. Right. Where you're kind of like, oh, well, the fans like, yeah, that's what they really want to see. It doesn't really make sense, but we're still going to do it type of thing. That's what I don't want with Adam Driver there. And I have a feeling if he is there, that's all it's going to be for, really. If if they should be be seeing Luke, like Luke should be the Mm. force ghost that we should be looking at you know yoda should be the force ghost that we'd be eh, kind of right not really but um but yeah i don't see how well they never made him a force ghost no they officially didn't. in the canon right like he just wait who uh yeah. kylo Ray. i guess ben solo yes and no i mean he disappeared yeah right? so right technically he could reappear and if you go by traditional star wars force ghost rules the only one that could yeah. probably see him as a force ghost would mm. be ray Sure, here's my thing, and there's that dyad she was exactly, and it would make sense because she could be communing with Kylo Ren, Hmm. Ben Solo throughout that 15 year gap for that new Ray movie. So it's it's prime, and I agree with Zach. I mean, you never say never if the money's right, if the story's right, anyone that's done Star Wars will come back. I think, yeah, I just don't like how, um loosely that they're playing with the rules of being a force ghost because you have a whole arc actually in the clone wars of where yoda goes on this journey of where he learns to be a force ghost it was very clear made by george lucas and dave filoni that you had to go through a special training and that also goes for obi-wan the only reason why obi-wan is a force ghost is uh, uh is because he had more communication with Qui-Gon Jinn. Now, Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't even supposed to come back as a Force ghost, but then we see him um, uh, in at the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi where, where he's a Force ghost, but in the Clone Wars, it's just like, you know... he the voice. He, yes, he could only do the voice. He The whole point of of, 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 of him, of, of talking to you and everything was, there's even a line where he says, I'm not able to come back as a physical appearance because I never completed my my training when I was alive. So it, so I think they're playing more loosely now these past couple of years with the whole Force Ghost thing. So honestly, I think anything can happen. But I remember seeing Leia as a Force Ghost, and I was like, okay, maybe she did her training off screen. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I mean, you don't have to see everything right. to equate to what you see on screen. Right. You know? yes. I mean, you don't have to see all the training and stuff and all the stuff yeah. they did behind the scenes and all that. So, yeah, yeah. there's a leeway there. So, but I we'll see. We'll see. Like, like, like Zach said, and like David said, the paycheck is big enough. I'm sure Adam Driver will be like, all right, I'll give it a shot. You know, <laughs> I'll come back. But <laughs> I honestly feel like it would take away from whatever new story they're trying to. I think they're trying to establish something new. I think they're trying, like, because Ray is not our main character. That's what we're all kind of predicting. So I f- yeah. have a feeling it wouldn't make sense for a new character to be like, Oh my gosh, Ben Solo, you know, like just, yeah, that's my opinion. So, yeah, but, but he's part of a dyad, James, it's different. <laughs> but, what if but there's not, a, 
but we're not going to be concentrating on Ray. We're not. We're going to be concentrating on our new, our yeah. new people, which should be played by Lily Gladstone. Now that I say it, I'm like, that's mm. cool. I think, <laughs> I think Lily Gladstone should really be the the face of the new Star Wars movie. But if there's um, another Kylo Ren fanboy that's like, I will finish what you started and just like go I'm, go I'm down that like, hole. Right, I'm done. Yeah. Qui Gon and Swolo. Oh, that's true. Qui Gon just didn't turn on his Force Ghost camera. Like that's that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did like in um in the book a certain point of view. Whenever Yoda sees Obi Wan, he's like, he looks at him and he goes, "Oh, you're here now." Like. I can see you. He's like, yes. yes. Like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he completed that journey when he, hmm. when he quote unquote died. Cause before that, he would communicate with Yoda. And I think it was just a shape or a voice. Yeah. And that's how they were communicating with each other. Then after he dies, he then becomes the fool, the ghost, if you may. Yeah. Cause you hear his voice instantly after he dies in A New Hope. He just yep. goes, run, Luke. And run. Yeah. Pretty right. Yeah. This is so, cool, yeah. so yeah. freaking cool. I will say if you guys haven't read or listened to the certain point of oh, view great. books, do it because they they're fantastic. Great. I really enjoyed the experience of listening to them on Audible, uh, just because mm-hmm. of um you've got different uh you've got different narrators for like I think every other story, and it actually kind of makes you look at the movie. In a very different way yeah. because of there's this one it's it's the cantina scene of where you walk in and every single character like almost every character that is like focused on on like you know where the camera focuses on certain aliens each one has a backstory and a certain point of view so now when you're watching you're like ooh, you know that the character muftak owns uh he owes this guy money and this creature owns this person money and Greedo is walking in and Greedo uh, kind of has a bounty in all of them. And then after Han shoots them, I mean, uh, uh, after Han shoots Greedo, then all that goes away. It's, it's like, whoa, like all, all of this is going on. It is so interesting. And you got that for empire. You've, you've got that for return of the Jedi. There's one scene now where when I watch that, I can't look at the scenes like ever the same again. It's so interesting. Yeah, um, there's there's a yeah. lot of backstory with these characters that you're like, oh, that makes sense. And the way yeah. they tie it in, it's so cool. It's so great. And it's it's so much fun. And yes. I highly recommend those. And the Facebook user did call you out and say you just liked it for the Max Rebo story. Colin. Eh. With his jets playing. <laughs> All uh, he gives to me. Oh, all right. Duh. Well, there we go. That like but, uh, joke. I, I thought that joke died in twenty twenty three. That's uh, the hell was canon. It's canon. It still is canon. I mean, let the I past just, die. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> a jets, a jets isn't that a last Jedi reference, Colin? Oh yeah, that's what oh. I was saying too. Was big like, fan, big fan. I haven't even said anything about last Jedi. Of, of 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 what you're saying is true from a certain point of view. But, um, <laughs> It, it, yeah, it's it, they're they're all really great, and there's a lot of good stories in there. Yeah. So I highly recommend right reading those. I, oh gosh, I can't wait until the prequel ones come out because there's a lot of really cool characters and 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 the prequels and uh, uh, especially in Revenge of the Sith. But I'm excited for like different backstories for characters in in uh, wait, the Phantom Menace. I don't know for the 40th anniversary. It's gonna be in 2039. I think they'll do them sooner because I think they'll also want to do the ones for the sequels as well. Um, oh yeah, no, 
that that's just me. But yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited. I I think my goal is to read 15 new Star Wars books this year. Wow. Like like well, like actual books. Well, um, jump so, on the High Republic please so you can tell us what the hell's going on. <laughs> I have been listening to the High Republic on uh on Audible and it's 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 very interesting. I'm very intrigued and the main reason I'm doing this is because I'm getting ready for Acolyte. Yeah, uh, because there will be characters from those books in that show. And, you know, I think it's going to give me a better um, perspective yeah, yeah, exactly. on, the, on the story if, if I listen and read those books. So, yeah, I believe I was... one character is going to be Vernestra Rowe. Yes. And she has a lightsaber that converts into a lightsaber whip. Yeah. Whoa. So she was uh, from a comic series and and the High Republic. That was her her yeah, she, her first. I was no. gonna she guess was, incorrect, in Colin. No, <laughs> it's uh the the very first novel she was in. Yeah, oh. I was gonna guess Avar Chris, but I don't but, know if that's yeah. her. Uh, I, I don't think I think it was like the second one, David, where she had a whip that. Or she right, had, right. I'm not talking was, about the whip. I'm just talking about the character in general. I oh, was oh, talking about the whip. Oh, David. okay. Sorry, yeah, because because oh, she's like very you. she's like very like. The, she was like nervous to, to like show people what she was able to create yeah and then they're in a forest or something and then she they have to get out quickly and then she lets it loose if you may and then she whips it across and it slices all the trees and i was like that's freaking cool and so um and i think is she the character Miss, correct me if i'm wrong she's the youngest jedi master uh we that we've ever seen like she was like 16 or 17 when she went through the trials. Oh, wow. And she's supposed to, I, I, I believe it's her. She's the youngest Jedi master or the youngest Jedi knight uh, in, in star Wars. So, which makes yeah. sense that she would be there. Cause she'd be a little bit older. So, um, yeah. so yeah, um, I'm excited for the acolyte, but like I said, I was keeping up with high Republic and then it just, it, it exploded even more. And I was like, Oh yeah. Man, I can't. Yeah. I yeah you're it. correct. James. I'm, I just Googled it. Uh, Vernestra Rowe became one of the youngest Jedi Knights in, in a generation at age 15 yeah. and solidified her status as a prodigy. When she took Emery Canteros as a Padawan the next year with a purple bladed lightsaber that can change into a light whip, a uh, row led with unwavering faith in the force and devotion to the Jedi order. Yeah, that's, hmm pretty cool so it makes sense that she would be an acolyte she'll be older and then like you know you have to go back and read her backstory crack that whip <laughs> see i get that song reference but that's way before my time so it's, I got that it's, reference. i'm weird dude it's <laughs> okay good job uh david is there anything else yes all right let's go <laughs> so ahsoka season two there is a little bit of an update uh, this is off of Bestman Bulletin here. Um, the title is Rosario Dawson shares a disappointing update on Star Wars Ahsoka Season 2. Currently, there are no talks. Uh, the article states that the, the live-action Star Wars series Ahsoka concluded in October three months ago, and there's still been no word in regards to the future of the show. Now, the lead of the Disney Plus show has shared a somewhat disappointing update in regards to a possible second season. Rosario Dawson, who plays the Ahsoka title in live-action Star Wars projects, recently spoke with Entertainment Weekly's uh, podcast about the first season and currently only season of Ahsoka. She says, I don't know when it will actually, um, it talks a little bit more about the interview, but in her words, Rosario Dawson's words, 
Even now with the strike over, there's no work really to be done. Everyone's already at that point of let's circle back at the end of the year sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, thank God, uh, because I need a moment still to keep taking this all in and seeing the reaction before jumping back into it, which I hope we do that we get to do. Uh, she also states that we're supposed to be having a dinner soon of the whole cast, which I think is positive, uh, which will be really nice because I haven't seen everyone. I was very jealous seeing everyone at some of their cons recently, which I wasn't able to be at. So I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. And she also states, uh, we'll get the witches together and see what we've <laughs> got to do. Also, I think that's it, actually. Um, that's fun. So, yeah, I I loved Ahsoka. I, I thought they did a great job of world building, uh, going to... Um, that particular planet and the way it kind of left open ended with Thrawn and um, the new light speed ring that can jump between galaxies there. Um, and what what is are in those coffin type things that they had? I mean, we're all assuming that's like Night Sisters, but yeah, I mean, it feels like there's more to do. And of course, the untimely passing of Ray Stevenson. Um, yeah. It feels like he's that that character Balin Skull is just going to be recast. Um, so, so not here's to any disrespect yeah. to Ray Stevenson, but it's it feels like it's going to happen. And we revealed at the beginning of the show that Ahsoka was the number nine streaming show last year out of all the streaming services. So, what are we going to say, Colin? Well. I mean, honestly, I'm not really surprised that that they haven't really confirmed se season two of Ahsoka just because you know that story is just going to be continued either in season four of Mando of where they're kind of getting the the whole group together for 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 the big Dave Filoni event movie, um, or they'll just do that in the in 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 the beginning of the Dave Filoni movie of where they find a way back uh to to Ahsoka and Sabine and then they just kind of gather their forces. The uh because as much as I would love a season two, I think we need to bring every th 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 this is the moment where we need to bring every uh where we need to start bringing everything together and branching everything together like fully to where we can be like, all right, we have all of our forces. Let's find a way to go grab Ahsoka because I don't know if maybe doing that for an entire season would be of just being like, okay, let's go and track down Ahsoka when it could be a simple well, thing. Well, I think they established that, that that was going to be the movie where everything comes together. Well, no, no, no. I, uh, I'm i talking more of like of where I don't think it would be... I mean, I don't know. Some people would think about it would be a good idea if they maybe spent a whole season of trying to find a way to to bring Sabine and Ahsoka back. I don't think doing a whole season would be very productive. I think if they did it maybe in one episode of The Mandalorian or maybe in the beginning of the Dave Filoni movie, we're like, okay, this is how we are, you know, are going to do it. And and we found a way because if you spend a whole season of trying to figure a way out to get Ahsoka, where Ahsoka is just kind of stuck there. I mean, I guess there's, you know, th there's still the, the mystery that is the planet of, uh, of Paradia, of where there's so much going on there and so much history of the Force and the Night Sisters and everything that they could explore. But I think if they 
just maybe explore that in one episode of where they, you know, figure everything out. They go find Ahsoka and Sabine. They like bring them back and they're like, all right, we are officially ready for the fight. Let's go talk to Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and bring them all. Like, I mean, I think that would be such a cool kind of way to do it, to have like the entire new Republic versus the, like the new empire of, of, of Thrawn's empire coming in. Uh, which again, it would be so cool. And if we had a second battle in Coruscant, I don't think anyone would complain about that. Well, I think we're all going to end on uh, Jakku. Is that correct? Is that no? We're not because because that has already happened uh, in, in 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 the timeline. Uh, the Battlefront Two campaign. Yes, that is canon. Uh, and that, that happens. Curious when when that like in the timeline when that does happen. That takes place. Want to go back to Jakku? Uh, that takes place a couple of uh, it takes place a couple of months or a year after the events of Return of the Jedi, and then after that big battle is when the Empire really dissolves, and then you go and then you jump to the Mandalorian, you know, kind of timeline, and that's when you see the Empire is very dispersed and and they are trying to reestablish it slowly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that. At that point, the Battle of Jakku has already happened. And if you want to, you know, read more about the Battle of Jakku, I guess you could read Aftermath. You could also play the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign and actually, like, play different different missions that involve the Battle of Jakku. Uh, it's but because... I, I, we, we totally cannot put it past Dave Filoni to decanonize all of that, like in a snap. I know. So I just that's... don't think that would be a good idea, though, just because but he's done of... that with a lot of stuff already. I know, but yeah. that's a whole battle. That's a big thing to do. So I don't think I mean, I really don't think he would t- he, he would touch that just because that's already been established. But if he wants to, you know, then, then he'll end up doing it like it's it's it, to me. It's just because. That is a big battle. That is a big tie-in into the sequels. It just wouldn't really make sense to reestablish that just to reestablish it. Um, because, oh, for story purposes and live action. Well, there's also a tie-in into of you know General Hux's dad, like, and at, at that point, kind of starts to become more of an important person in the New Empire after the Battle of Jakku. Like, um, be because of what he does during that battle. So, I don't know. I'm it's really weird cuz like I'm okay if Ahsoka just comes into the film if she's just in the movie instead of doing a second season of Ahsoka. Yeah, the whole story because, story for yeah. another time thing. Yeah, <laughs> because with Ahsoka being lost now, now it's just the Ezra searching for Ahsoka thing, you know. And yeah. Then the whole it's the the same plot again. So I I kind it of just reverse, yeah. Yeah, I kind of understand them not really going forward with it because you really can't do much, but I could see her popping up later, obviously for the film yeah. or the Filoni film or hell even popping up in the Ray movie, you know, 15 years later, you know, like what if she's still there? Somehow? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Kind of like what they did in rebels. Like she shows up and clone wars wasn't finished and Oh, Hey, you're still, you're still around. You know, there's yeah. more story that could be told up to and this event. I think it would be kind of an amazing thing to see Ahsoka with, with Ray. Like that would be, crazy scene for like like the like this like the scene in book of boba fett when ahsoka's talking to luke skywalker i remember just shaking my head the whole time going i can't believe i'm watching this right now this right. is crazy. like i never dreamed i would see a scene like this so 
uh, we'll see. Uh, like, I'm not. I'm honestly just not surprised that there's no talk of a season two of Ahsoka because of where it ended and the movies that are going to come out and the plot that would have to be done. Yeah, for me, it makes sense. That's just me. Nice. And our last official story here is about this guy. Not retiring. Let's go. So Variety has an article here that says John Williams doubles down on not staying retired. Says it's possible he'd make another film score as he turns 92. It's insane. He says, I like to keep an open mind. Uh, So John Williams recently told the Times UK that he's not ruling anything out when it comes on staying retired from the film scores. Uh, The five-time Oscar winner turns 92 years old on February 8th. Back in June 2022, Williams teased his retirement by telling the Associated Press that his work on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny would probably be his last. John Williams says, at the moment, I'm working on Indiana Jones 5, which Harrison Ford was quite a bit younger than I am, uh, I think has announced will be his last film. So I thought if Harrison can do it, then perhaps I can. Also, Williams said at the same time. At this point in life, composing film score is a long commitment to me. Uh, Williams went on to tell Steven Spielberg in January 2023 that perhaps he wouldn't retire after all, speaking to the director on behalf of their collaboration for The Fablemans. Williams said that he wouldn't rule out composing the music for another Spielberg film despite the possible retirement from the medium. Williams and Spielberg, uh, their careers are forever intertwined as former as the former has composed the scores to Jaws, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, E.T., Schindler's List, and more Spielberg classics. Uh, he says, well, Steven is a lot of things. Williams said he's a director. He's a producer. He's a studio head. He's a writer. He's a philanthropist. He's an educator. One thing he isn't is a man you can say no to. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't really feel like he was going to retire after yeah. the recent trilogy for Star Wars. I, I thought it was... I mean, to be his age and to be doing the thing he loves, I mean, he clearly loves it. He's clearly the greatest of all time at doing it. I mean, just to keep on doing it, it's like, I mean, what else are you going to be doing? You're probably going to be scoring stuff anyways. Yeah. Still creating music at home. So, I mean, it's 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 just kind of one of those things. It's like I, I never thought he would probably want to go away anyways. And you you kind of think about retirement. I know. I have. I'm older than you guys, but it's like, <laughs> can you really just stop doing the thing you love? Yeah. I, I think you're going to continue. Might as well continue to get paid for it and make it official. So, what do you what do you think, James? Uh, I'm I'm excited. I love John Williams. I think all his his resume shows you know speaks for itself. Um, just really shocking at 93. He's still he's still going, still still making these things. And I believe he's 91. I think. Oh, 91. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, thought he was I thought he just turned 93. Um, but I will say that uh I believe the Indiana Jones style of destiny made the short list for Oscar Oscar films for the best score. So there is a possibility he'll get another Oscar nomination for his score, which I I believe he's the most nominated yes. human in, in history so his music is just so beautiful and there's no one that really does music like him um he's just made so many iconic scores i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for them to do a a new documentary that's just about his music about his thought process on how he did everything i'm i'm waiting for that 
Is it? Because uh, it's what Sorry. I thought Spielberg was working on that. Like, I, oh, okay. A, a while back, but then again, it hasn't mm-hmm. happened. But I thought I seriously thought Spielberg had said something like, "I need to yeah. do something about John Williams' life because it's it, insane. It's so good. The we movie documentaries on both of those guys. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. movies he scored, the iconic themes that are in these score, like it's just. And I believe AFI, this was years ago, they need to update their list, but they said Star Wars is the greatest film score of all time. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. No, it's, it's so unbelievable. It's fantastic. I listen to John Williams at least once a day. (laughs) Uh, Like in, in, in some way, either if it's the main theme or like, I mean, I just made a Star Wars relaxing playlist like a couple of months back. Um, I'll probably share it on our Instagram. story again but i've seen like a decent amount of people have saved it just because it's uh it's 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 a mixture of all the john williams stuff but including from from like the bad batch and a couple of the games and clone wars and rebels and stuff and and it's just kind of a you know kind of relaxing playlist of different star wars music so if you're working on projects or 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 you just you know just chilling you know it's right there but um but yeah, no, I, I I love John Williams and his music is just so iconic and it's so moving and his music to me even tells a story. Like oh, if yeah. if you listen to the music without watching like, you know, certain scenes, like, you know, exactly of what scene is happening um, <laughs> uh, based on the score, because I whenever I listen to the song Battle of Heroes, I just read remember the part where it kind of slows down and you just mainly hear the choir and 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 it's just a part of where like i have failed you anakin i have failed you and it's just like you know exactly where that is of what scene lined up with the music if you just listen to the music so it's 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 just done so well and i'm i'm really excited to see more scores because john williams did make the main theme in solo he did he did make the main theme in obi-wan kenobi um did he make the max rebo music he played and return no. of the Jedi. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I think he might have. He might. I, I don't think he did. Oh, I really? thought you were. I don't think so. I thought you were going to say in the book of Bubble Fat. Like, no, no. Um, but you know, no, because of because of Max Rebox, it has a whole new song in the book of Bubble Fat called "Hit It, Max." So I was like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm vibing with it. I'm just really glad Max got out. You know, of the of the job. Thank you barge you know that's probably the nicest thing that you've ever said to me james thank you (laughs) (laughs) but uh that's that's pretty funny so david what's the what's the word uh it doesn't say i probably there's a long list of stuff about max rebo and his band (laughs) (laughs) wow and if you see the title of the article, you may see my name. I'm just yeah, kidding. Say it's all <laughs> but, yeah, um, it, it is Wikipedia. So, I mean, Colin Weaver's name could be in here. So That's uh, true. His first appearance in front of the Jedi, created by George Lucas, portrayed by Mike Quinn, Tim Rose, voiced by Annie Arbogast, hmm. and the theatrical cut. Uh... Nothing about his music. Yeah, there's a lot of information here. Okay. I think he's talking about all the band members, yeah. but, but it doesn't say who created the music. Droopy McCool. It's, it is pretty cool, though. Like, sorry. Somebody I know messaged me and they were like, I think the music in the prequel is prequels are better than the original trilogy music and the score. That's a good debate. Like, wow. And then 
hell you can even say the music in the sequel trilogy may have been better than the se- the music in the in the prequel or the original like each each of those scores stands on its own each of those scores is iconic from all all nine yeah years. so i've heard some people say their favorite score is from the last jedi i've heard people say their favorite score is from you know attack of the clones yeah and so it, it's it's just this crazy that there's music and every single of these movies has a moment that you're like wow that is the best i've heard in a long time there's a couple of songs in the last jedi where i'm just like wow this is really good because there is the sacred jedi text um uh song which is just fantastic because you've got you've got that iconic scene of yoda coming back and 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 of telling luke you know this is the burden of all masters we we grow who we are beyond or something in the lines of that and 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 you just kind of rehear yoda's theme again and you're just like oh my gosh like alan with all the last jedi quotes yeah man this is this is crazy (laughs) i don't hate the last jedi i just you did did tell me i didn't understand star wars i did not say you did you 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 did did say if you think that you uh, don't understand star wars listen james of what you're saying is true from a certain point of view i think that 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 if you are thinking about which I'm I'm sorry I didn't mean to offend anyone that was not my intent but it's just <laughs> if if you are comparing that event of where Luke is oh my is God. doing the Force Mirage right compared to Luke bringing back the most darkest human being in the galaxy back to the light side to me it's a no brainer. Like that, like I, I, I would love to hear your opinion, but in my opinion, I just like I just think that the whole thing of him bringing Darth Vader back to the light side is such a huge deal to the galaxy. I think that is his most heroic thing. Well, well, yeah, that is what he is known for. So he was there physically standing up to the Emperor right in front of him. Defenseless. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's. That's bigger than what he did, I think, in the Last Jedi. Oh, I think. oh okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were like d- disagreeing with me. <laughs> no, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. He helped. He helped out the the resistance. Yes, but I don't think that's his most heroic moment ever in the history yeah. of Luke Skywalker. I, I, I think that's a very bold statement, and and everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But if you kind of weigh the facts it makes more sense that (laughs) that luke's most heroic moment is the whole thing with bringing vader back from the dark side to the light side that's a huge deal that's a huge deal um and i think if people are like hey when you think of luke skywalker what moment is the first thing that pops in your head about luke skywalker i don't think that many people are saying oh it's the moment from the last jedi where he stands up and 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 he is a force mirage i'm just saying i'm just saying so anyways uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry but yeah so the sequels d- doesn't have music as iconic as duel of the fates tim says on facebook which is very true duel of the fates score yeah. is one of the finest pieces of music ever written for a film so yes, yes. it's pretty the moment I first heard that, I was like, whoa, we're getting some like this is new age Star Wars music. And it was amazing. So I, I agree. It. 
You didn't like it? <laughs> oh, it, okay. It hasn't aged with me. There is also a scene in Revenge of the Sith. It is the opening scene of uh of where you just hear drums like boom, boom. Oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith has that. And then dun dun dun. And then and 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 then you have a wee one and Anakin just fly into the shot, and you're just like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I think I actually like that better than so good. It's my favorite my favorite score is binary sunset. I have a few binary sunset, Leia's theme. Um, Luke and Leia's theme from Return of the Jedi, which I think is amazing, which they even played again in the in the in the Last Jedi when Luke is yeah. with Leia, and then the the entire Battle of Crate that score. Even if you don't like the movie, you listen to that score. That, score that is, is just like yeah. holy crap! There's so yeah. much happening in that score. It's it's beautiful, and there's John Williams infused into it too. Yes, and yes. so for me that. That one's like one of the best, and uh, yeah. there's so many, there's so many great scores when it comes to Star Wars. So John, really he's not, he's not. Yeah. No, his music is just so timeless, and I think, no, no, yeah, I, I think the three of us are very lucky that we actually got to be in the same room as him and see him perform. Uh, that was the best. I think that was probably that is one of my favorite Star Wars memories of being in a room with a bunch of star wars fans and all of a sudden you just see this very iconic man just step on stage and he goes like this he goes and then he just starts playing and then i remember i david i think either you were behind uh, behind me or next to me behind you you left him in the dust like you always do um and (laughs) sorry uh but i just remember just shedding a tear and just being like this you're like david david I I can't believe I'm here. And then when Dave and I ended up going to California and we um and we saw him again in 2022 and I was just like I I, I can't believe this is happening. Like so you, it's you, you shed a tear. I yeah. was like almost weeping when I saw John Williams cuz I, I, was I, I wasn't ready for any of that. And I, for, yeah. it's one of the it's what I told my I told my wife I was like there's a lot of great moments in my life. I was like but seeing John Williams <laughs> <laughs> it was like top five of one of the greatest moments. How close were you, James? I was I wasn't close, close, but I wasn't far away either. Because I was in the middle, I was the first row of that middle section. And um and it was it was so you must uh, have been right ahead of Colin. Were you one of the jerks that was standing up on the chair? Because <laughs> because there were so many people just standing up in the chair, and then they held their phones like this. No, and no. I was just like, guys, come on, don't be those people. I was oh, I was geez. actually because John Williams was like looking at the stage. He was over on the uh, on the right side. I was on the right side looking, yeah. so I had like a clear shot mm-hmm. to him there. Oh um, wow! So it was, yeah. it was, and then everybody kept standing, and I'm like, just sit down, please. Like, just, just sit down. Yeah. And then I'm over there, just these tears just coming out of my eyes, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And mind you, I'm exhausted. You know, I was, I was awake for like 28 hours up to that point, and so it was, it was everything. And he played Leia's theme. Yeah. We all cried and went crazy. He quiets down the audience, and then just that oh, whole tribute to theme, four characters. Like, yeah. Whoa. This yeah, is- the Imperial March. And then yep. he plays the Imperial March as we all leave, which is yep. not my favorite Star Wars theme. That's like my least favorite Star Wars theme. But it's I the think, greatest. But it's the <laughs> but it's the one that everybody knows. But for me, it's so like 
it's so overly used that it's no longer a cool score for me. Yeah, I guess that's with you, Duel of the Fates, David. That's well, me. No, no, Duel of the Fates is like almost nothing for me. But I think the <laughs> original wow. Star Wars soundtrack, it's been played so much. I've heard it so much. It's kind of worn out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now to me, the soundtrack that I listen to the most and the one that I kind of, I mean, people will ask me, what's my favorite movie? There's and they're so all expecting me to say Star Wars. <laughs> but to me, Star Wars aren't movies. Yeah. They're like an experience. So yeah. I don't even list Star Wars as movies. I don't either. Hmm. So it's for me right now, the, the soundtrack that I listen to the most is The Lord of the Rings by Howard Shore. I do listen to that music a decent amount. That and is like a awesome, thing where I just... Awesome remixes by fans where they stitch it all together yeah. where you don't have to wait for the next song and it flows and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll set that when I go to sleep and it I just drift off to sleep when i listen to that so there was a a, a, a rave you know and this dude was dressed up as gandalf and he had those glow sticks on a string and he was like yes and everyone around him was like yeah and it was really cool and it, it wasn't the music there somebody added in later it was like a, a dub stuff and it was the coolest thing ever yeah and this um, dude was just in the middle just just going nuts with those things it was amazing and the reasoning was that this is why he didn't show up to yeah. the Prancing Pony. <laughs> yes. And, uh, he was out. So welcome to the Lord of the Rings stuff podcast, everybody. So, yeah. yeah. Then Frodo wakes up and he's like, Gandalf, where were you? I was delayed. And it cuts oh, to yeah. <laughs> David and I, actually, a couple of years ago, I think it was 2020, him and I were uh, kind of debating on doing uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They're was a time where I think we were like, let's really turn this whole thing into a giant franchise. And then we were just like, here's Harry Potter stuff. Here's here's Lord of the Rings stuff. Here's yeah, there's not tried. enough time. There's just yeah. not enough time. Yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah, no. Um anyways, back one to more thing about one more thing about John Williams. Um is that I remember we were getting ready to leave and then all like of the from the panel uh 2022 and then all of a sudden john williams starts to play the indiana jones theme and then you see harrison ford step on stage and we're just like we're like oh wait what and that was such an iconic moment as well of just seeing that of just those legends up there and man yeah no, dude. I look back and 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 I'm just like of of just where our Star Wars careers are now to where we were like, ooh, you know, here we are, just a couple of nerds in in line for a Star Wars convention. To now we're doing this, and <laughs> and we're just talking about like all these e- iconic moments, and and we're working on projects, and we're going to conventions, and it 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 truly is a blessing, and it really shows you that Star Wars does bring people together, like James said, and I'm very lucky, and I'm very thankful for all you guys like i i oh. I, I, lo- I i love this so much and even though it's... you you picked on my opinion <laughs> all right ah, well there you go <laughs> but no no but yeah that's very well said very well said yeah and i think that was it right that was the john williams was the last yeah if anyone has any other story or topic they want to talk about i'm good um, i'm excited for the new star wars movie coming out in 2026 and I think I'm gonna get a lot of uh, 
I'm gonna get a lot of uh, we're gonna get a lot of backlash for that, but I am excited for what she is going to do with Star Wars. I think most of the people that listen to us aren't gonna give us backlash for it. I mean, I really appreciate it, everybody. But we're yeah. really just stating facts here. I mean, and but. yeah, and just the fact. I mean, mind you, I'm not. I don't know the struggle, but it, I, I, at all. But you know, a, a, a woman born and 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 you know, and making these documentaries in Pakistan and making these films and then to then trans you know transition over to features and directing star wars that is just an incredible incredible feat and i'm excited to see what happens with that movie yeah, yeah. lee bracket marsha lucas i mean tons. i wish they'd talk donna tripstick yeah yeah i wish lee bracket yeah but 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 marsha lucas though was uh <laughs> well she started it off yeah for empire yeah. yeah for empire but i would love to see them talk more about marshall lucas i don't know if they can just for legal reasons like um just because of after the divorce like yeah. of what with george and her i don't know if they're like she like you know like no signing this you can't talk about your involvement or something like that because of when you do watch these different different documentaries she's only mentioned like briefly for like 30 yeah. seconds like in each one and i'm like man, i would love to hear more of what she did so i'm curious of why she can't um talk more about it i think it's something to do with that and tim yeah. uh, writes us on facebook is the ray movie the next star wars movie or feloni's i believe they are both coming out in 2026 but it's looking more like feloni's is going to be that first yeah. in 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 may of 2026 and then hers will probably come out with christmas or vice versa i don't know yeah but, um, i've heard illusions that the ray movie is happening first yeah so because they still have to do mando for the season and apparently that's flipped up on its head it's yeah. not going to be a movie it's going to be a tv show so i don't know, you know we're, we're, kind doing of our best, we're doing our best to keep y'all uh informed but uh but yeah, yeah as of now we don't know i'm thinking it's mostly it's going to be felonies maybe but we'll see we'll see um so yeah comment like subscribe and hit the notify bell on youtube uh i'm just reading bill i'm just kidding and then follow us be sure to follow us at uh, instagram at, at star wars stuff podcast as well as on x which is at stuff pod and then threads we're at star wars stuff podcast and come on man you gotta be quicker than this man come on <laughs> I hit the button, man. It's, oh, <laughs> just it stayed. It's there. doing what, like the 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 banner, the banner. Oh, the banner. The scroll I, I Oh say. yeah, and if you want to follow us on uh, Patreon, support us and help us out. Uh, follow us there on Patreon for exclusive episodes. Sometimes Dave and I jump on and we just start talking about Star Wars. Look us up at Star Wars Stuff Podcast two one eight seven. Great number. And if you want to send us an email, starwarsstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We love, love reading emails from y'all. And uh, Star Wars Stuff group and Star Wars Stuff podcast page on Facebook. So did I say everything? And give us um, your review on on, on Apple Podcasts and and, and Spotify. We we appreciate your feedback. Good. And, And, yep. And we, we, love doing this like of, of just talk about star wars but we also we would not keep coming back every week if it wasn't for you guys because you guys have just like of of just our could our, our community has grown a lot and we appreciate your feedback we appreciate hearing your stories and we just love you all so thank you so much for being part of the craziness of the star wars stuff podcast family thank you 
And, and also thank you to everyone in chat for interacting with us yes, today. Hayden, no. Tim, Rolando, Josh, Jay. Uh, I know Kevin was in here a while ago. And yeah, yeah. Tim, our meme lord on the Facebook Yes, Tim, group. thank you so much for keeping us entertained. <laughs> you you make it so much funny, like so so much better when I go on Facebook, like, oh Tim posted something. Let me see what Tim posted. This there you time. go. So uh, thank you, Tim, for always for always being there and keeping us entertained. And for but, James, Colin, my name's David. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Not the heart emoji. <laughs>